Ladies and gents, howdy! Welcome to episode number 28 of the Moyes podcast. And today we're going to be touching on something that massively impacts everybody's lives and particularly everybody's outlook on their life. And that is perception and outlook. Now, earlier on, a few episodes ago, we spoke about balance. And to, I suppose, evolve on that topic, as well as covering, as I said, this huge elephant in the room when it comes to how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive our lives, I think is is quite poignant, particularly at this moment in time. As we go through the Instagram generation, as we go through this this life of constantly looking at what everybody else is doing, constantly looking at what everyone else has got, and always feeling like our glass is half empty. I feel it's never more poignant to dedicate this particular podcast to that topic. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a coffee, whatever you want to have, and let's discuss perception and outlook. Now, to begin with, I think it's poignant to touch on an old saying which is the danger is in the dosage. And this is a a sentence, I suppose, a a quote I usually tend to use when it comes to people who are asking questions about things like sweeteners. You know, when people go, oh, artificial sweeteners bad for you, you know. Oh, I've heard all these tests about them testing sweeteners on rats, etc., and growing ears on their back and tumors, etc. And, well, as I kick that one off, the danger is in the dosage. Pretty much everything is bad for you in large quantities. It's very rare that you're going to find something that you can consume in a very large quantity and it not be detrimental, including, believe it or not, water. So to evolve on that initial podcast about balance, the thing to consider is that dosage is everything and social media is incredibly prevalent where that's concerned. It's an incredibly powerful tool, and I've done quite a few recent walk talks and discussions about this, particularly with not only my own evolution in terms of my relationship with social media and my phone, but also Netflix has recently released a documentary called The Social Dilemma, which has got a lot of people talking, and for good reason, in my opinion. But I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole on this particular podcast, because if there's one thing that is going to going to affect your life in general, and obviously these podcasts and everything I do is about quality of life, it's your perception and your outlook. Sometimes just shifting your perception about what you're able to do or what you have available to you can be all that's needed to change the way that you feel about your life or the world around you. To give you a prime example, imagine someone who is injured who is laid up, not able to exercise, not able to do their steps. If they're on a program and their pursuit is of fat loss, it's very, very easy to look at things as the glass being half empty. In other words, you're focusing on what you can't do. You're focusing on the fact you can't get your steps done, you can't do your exercise. But as a flip side to that, there's still a lot available to you. Rather than looking at the obstructions, it's important to look at obstacles, yes, but more so opportunities. These are obstacles. These are challenges you have to face. And as I talk about serenity quite a bit, accept what you cannot change, have the courage to change the things you can, and the wisdom to know the difference. It's so, so, so important to focus on recognizing the difference and appreciating the difference between an obstacle and an opportunity. 
Because let's say you are laid up with an injury. Let's say you're not able to do your steps or exercise. Well, firstly, when it comes to exercise, yeah, you may have injured your leg, but you haven't injured your upper body, your core. So there's still stuff you can do. There's still exercises you can do. There's still ways in which you can be physically productive. I remember uh, a guy that used uh, the gym that I used to work at, Fitness First, and he was doing calf raises on the Smith machine. And he had a box put in place, but he didn't weight that box down. So mid-calf raise, he slipped, and he ended up breaking his leg. Proper open fracture, if I remember correctly. And at the time, he was on a transformation journey. Not with myself, with another well-known personal trainer. And he broke his leg. But instead of going, right, I can't do my steps, I can't do my exercise, etc. Instead, he spoke, he chose to see opportunity. And so he got in the gym and in replace of his steps, he used the arm bike. You know, the, the bike, which is basically like a bike, but for your arms. And he burnt his calories that way. And so he was in every day doing his time on the arm bike. He chose to see what he was able to do. Chose to make the best of a bad situation as opposed to allowing it to consume him. And he still achieved an amazing transformation despite basically having, well, not basically, despite having a broken leg. Now, if you are laid up, yes, there are opportunities with exercise. The doors are never completely closed in every avenue. However, during your time of not being able to get your steps done and other elements of your life, you've also got to look at the things that you can do from a nutritional perspective, from an educational perspective. In the time that you're saving, not getting your steps done, not doing exercise, that's giving you back multiple hours of your day or week. And so during that time, you can use that, that, that time to upskill yourself, to really look deeper into your nutritional habits, to overwrite those nutritional habits, to really upskill yourself, to seek out new resource. You know, that's given you plenty of time to watch videos on how your body works and nutritional science and to really become not just invested in your approach, but to ensure you look deeper into the psychology of it. To, you know, not just better your journey in the short term, but to really level yourself up for the long term. Because that's the thing. So many people just focus a few feet in front of them, a few days, a few weeks, whatever. Just focus on the task at hand, forgetting the fact that there are multiple years left of your life. Years in which you're going to have to adopt a sensible nutritional approach, a, a better relationship with food, a better relationship with movement. And so that isn't just about what you do. It's about how you think. So during that time of being laid up, if you want to see the opportunity, it's the opportunity to strengthen your mind. Rather than training your body, you train your mind. And again, nothing actually changed apart from your perception or your outlook. Now, Going back to what I was saying about the danger being the dosage, so many people's perception of certain things is they are bad. Take alcohol, take drugs, you know, take body fat, for example, but or junk food even. But let's delve a little bit deeper into these things. Whilst alcohol in large quantities can be bad for you, there are some beneficial effects of alcohol. Same thing goes for drugs. I mean, to give you a prime example, Paracetamol can kill you quicker than anything else. But if you've got a headache, taking one or two paracetamol can be incredibly beneficial. So again, you know, dosage tends to be quite often attributed to medicinal medicinal purposes. So the danger is in the dosage when it comes to drugs. A little bit of paracetamol takes the head away, uh, headache away. 
Too much paracetamol, you're dead. Exercise, seen as a very beneficial thing, but too much exercise can lead to amenorrhea, which is the stopping of your periods, and not to mention it can lead to injuries and other health complaints, you know, due to things like a lack of recovery, as we touched on in the Balance podcast. Body fat is is a big one, and obviously I suppose that's why you're not only here to discuss, but also what this is mainly centered around. Because we often see body fat as a bad thing. And to be fair, one of the earlier podcasts I did, did touch on this. But we always deem body fat as being a negative thing. But again, the danger is in the dosage. Not enough body fat. And again, you risk very, very severe um, physiological issues. Um, Funnily enough, amenorrhea being another one, you know, with your menstrual cycle absolutely halting. But not enough body fat means that you are incredibly at risk of um, heart issues cardiac arrest obviously you're cold because body fat is a great uh, insulator but there's so so many other things as to why body fat is beneficial and let's not beat around the bush nobody wants to be shagging a rake (laughs) you know nobody wants a stick in 2020 the nice thing about the way that physiques to a point are going granted we're not completely there yet is Having a few more curves is a lot more acceptable now. Now, granted, you know, there's there's still a lot of disparity with that. But body fat is a good thing. To take Rach as the, as the best example, I don't like it when Rach gets too lean. And she doesn't like it, to be fair, when I get too lean. Because I, wouldn't, I don't like using the word cuddly because cuddly sounds like, you know, it was almost in the same bracket as chubby. But... You need a bit of body fat to be comforting as a human being. Not to mention, like I said, the other reasons why body fat is beneficial. And ladies, if you're looking for a decent booty or you want a decent physique, you're not going to find it with fuck all body fat on your frame. The danger is in the dosage. Too much body fat, bad for your health. Not enough body fat, bad for your health. This is why it's so important to find the balance between these two things. Now, muscle actually goes in the same bracket, can be considered in the same way. Not enough muscle, and obviously, potentially, there's confidence issues. Not enough muscle, we risk injury. But too much muscle, and you're severely limited in your mobility. You've only got to look at some of the huge bodybuilders to see the muscle they've got in their frame. And they can't even wipe their own asses, for fuck's sake. You know? Barely can they reach over their shoulders to put their shirt on. That's not a life. So again, for most people, for the average person who isn't competing... The danger is in the dosage, which brings me nicely onto junk food, takeaways, whatever you want to call them, slutty food. Yes, too much of it is a bad thing. Yes, if you want to cite Supersize Me, that documentary years ago when this bloke ate nothing but McDonald's, of course, there are going to be detrimental effects to your health, to your cholesterol and heart disease, etc. Of course, you are putting yourself at a greater risk, but... As I touched on before, if you don't have a good balance with your nutrition, if it's too clean, as the uh, the saying tends to be, or if it's too slutty, if it's too full of junk food, both ends of those spectrum are bad for you. Too much junk food, the danger is in the dosage, but not enough junk food, potentially, and I don't want to kind of just say junk food, I mean takeaways, not enough fun in your diet, then potentially that limits you from a mental perspective, which could ultimately lead to a binge. Instagram 
social media is a very good example of this. I've been lucky enough to build my business. I do what I do because of social media. Fucking hell, you, this is kind of a form of social media. But you guys will probably find out about this podcast thanks to social media. It's allowed me to impact more people than I ever have. It's allowed me to help many lives, not just local to me, but up and down the country and even across the pond, you know, in the USA. It's been an amazing tool to be able to reach pretty much every person on earth. There used to be this rule of six degrees or seven degrees of separation between you and every other human being on earth. But now there's one Facebook, Instagram. You could pretty much reach every single human being who is LinkedIn, obviously, not LinkedIn as in LinkedIn like that. Oh, now I get the name. <laughs> but it's people that are plugged in, if you will. You could reach them near enough instantly if you need to. But Instagram is a fucker, as is Facebook, as is all social media, but primarily Instagram at creating your perception of the ideal. And this is where social media, where the danger is in the dosage, where that's concerned. Because, like I said, a little bit of social media, using it appropriately, is incredibly beneficial to your life, to your social interaction, to your education, to a point, obviously. But too much social media, too much time on your phone can detriment the relationships around you, can give you a warped perception of reality, and can be severely detrimental. But when it comes to perception and outlook, Instagram has a way of telling us what our ideal life should be. We follow people that we think are motivating us, whereas in actual fact they are demotivating us. We're looking at physiques which we think are inspiring us to achieve similar with our own, but that's rarely the case. All we are doing is raising the bar higher and higher and higher. And here's the thing. You're looking at someone's highlight reel. Take a proper loved up couple, you know, or a person that you think are loved up. And you think they're loved up because all you see on their Instagram is them going out for meals and having fun together. Of course, they're not Instagramming the fights. They're not Insta-storying the hard times. Those of the people out there that are juggling kids, to a certain degree, you know, even us, when we put up snaps of the kids, do you think that we put up the bad ones? When they're going absolutely fucking spare, when they're tearing chunks out of the wall? No. No one shares much of the shit. Most of the time, it's one massive highlight reel. You're not seeing any of the rubbish. All you're seeing is what they want you to see. And this is where our perception gets warped. And this is where our outlook can dramatically be affected and detrimented by what we think is how our lives are supposed to be. A lot of the time, the mindset tends to be that people think they're not supposed to have problems. That's where the issue comes in. That's the problem. People think that they're not supposed to have issues. Because Instagram is telling them that you shouldn't be having any issues. Your life should be perfect. You know, you should be standing in front of a Lamborghini, you know, in front of your mansion with your lovely tanned and toned skin sponsored by your clothing company the fact is the one thing i've realized as time has gone on working with more people and i suppose experimenting with my own life figuring out what truly makes me happy 
The first thing you've got to do is you've got to alter your own perception. If you allow external things to influence your perception of the world, you're only ever going to be detrimented. Your glass will only ever be half full. Sorry, your glass will only ever be half empty, what I meant by that one. But I think the biggest thing you've got to do is create your own ideal. Because your life is absolutely unique. More unique than any life that has ever existed. Every single one of you listening to this podcast, your life is completely unique to you. And so your achievement should be. Your ideal should be. A lot of people's ideal life is sitting on a beach somewhere. Sipping a sangria with sunglasses on, the sun beating down in a bikini with golden brown skin. But that's not to say that's everybody's ideal. But social media makes it our ideal, makes us think that's what we want. Now, I've written down a list of things here, which could be your ideal, and there's many more. But your ideal could be to achieve a lazy life. You know, an ideal life for you may very well be doing nothing putting your feet up, doing whatever you want to do, just relaxing, basically. An ideal life for you might be being productive, achieving things, accomplishing things, building things. That may be an ideal for you, spending the rest of your days building something or building things. Could be money. Could be how much money you have in your bank account, achieving certain milestones. That could be your ideal. You know, I won't be happy until I've made a million, for example. Could be fitness. I'm not happy until I'm able to do this or until I've reached my full potential or until I've completed this distance or I've lifted this weight. It could be obviously aesthetic. It could be I want that physique and that's when I'll actually be happy. It's very rare, if I'm honest and experienced, that that's the case, that people find happiness through physical appearance, but each to their own. It could be material things, could be the car that sat on the driveway, the house that you live in, the phone you have in your hand. Or it could be time, just more time, time to spend with your loved ones, time to do whatever you want to do, whatever your heart desires. But Instagram, social media, the world around us will try to dictate what our ideal should be. We'll try to paint a picture of what that looks like. But the fact of the matter is, what makes your ideal ideal for you is the things that you love, love, the things that you're passionate about. But all of this boils down to your perception of your ideal, your perception of your world around you, your perception of what you have achieved. Remember your very first job when you got your first salary when you switched over maybe from an an hourly wage to a salary and you felt like you felt rich you know remember moving into that first property you thought oh my god I've got my first you know I've got my independence this is amazing I could do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it I can make noise in the middle of the night if I wanted to fast forward to now and you look back at those things and the perception is oh my god I'm so much better off now but if we don't remember that first salary, if we don't remember that first property, that first flat, or in my case, mobile home, (laughs) then our perception of what we have right now could seem not enough. You could look at what you've got, the house you live in, the car you drive going, oh, 
wish I had that. You could have the perception of this is shit. But if you choose to shift that perception, and again, nothing physically changes with that. There's no kind of physical circumstance that happens. It's just the way you think. If you choose to look backwards at what you had previously, at times when you felt rich for having those things, then it completely alters your perception. Sometimes as a coach, I'm very quick to jump in and say to people, change this, do this, maybe you should do this, think about changing this, have you thought about getting one of these, etc. But sometimes all that's actually needed is to help people gain perspective. Not force a perspective because we've all been in that situation where you could go, well, you could be at by a bus tomorrow. Or, oh, you could be living in the third world. We've all been told that perception. It just, it doesn't hold any weight anymore. It doesn't have any power to us because it's imperceivable. What it's important to establish is that perception a lot of the time comes from experience. It comes from our history. We're able to get perspective because of things that we've been through, things that we've experienced. And so, as we draw this podcast to an end, don't allow external influences, don't allow social media, don't allow the world around you to tell you what the ideal should be. Be it the ideal physique, your ideal life. Don't allow the world to alter your perception of what actually matters to you. Because for me personally, having got a reasonable grasp on what I'm happy with, Well, to be honest with you, changes day to day, but most of the time, my main perception of an ideal life is basically what I'm living. Doing what I love, supporting people, having the time to spend with the ones that I love, and genuinely being the master of my own time, being able to control how I spend my life, how I spend my days, not being told to do certain things at certain times etc that's my ideal one of my um one of my closest friends today we were in, having a chat on uh, on whatsapp and <clears throat> we were talking about ideal cars and he was talking about r8s and talking about audis and uh both of the same thing obviously um and we were talking about what's kind of your ideal and so we we're bouncing back and forth and they said to me they're like moisey what's what's your ideal car And I thought about it for a second and I went, I own it. It's my Mustang. And for some people, a Mustang is like, oh my God, wow, that's incredible. It's, you know, it's it's the most amazing car. I mean, ask any five-year-old, they'll be like, oh my God, it's incredible. But it's not actually very expensive. But for me, I wouldn't change it. And I said to him, I said, my dream car is what's sitting on my driveway right now. And I'm lucky enough to have it. My dream bike is an R1. I've got an R6, so we're not too far away from that one. But he said to me, he was like, okay, what's genuinely, what's your dream car? And I said, okay, if I had to exclude, you know, right now, my realistic dream car is the car that I have. But if I had to take that one step further and you said to me, what is my fantasy dream car? Then, of course, it would be a McLaren P1. Of course, un- unquestionably. But 
I could very easily focus all my attention on that P1. I could very easily focus all my attention on maybe doing things to get myself to a position to buy that P1. I could maybe focus on living each day, looking out the window going, oh, still haven't got my P1. I'm never going to get that. But I don't choose for that to be my perception. I choose for my perception to be, I love what I've got. I love the people around me. I love the life that I've got. And I'm pretty damn content. And if things didn't change for the rest of my days, I'd be pretty fucking happy if I'm honest. And I encourage you guys to start looking at your lives in the same way. What is an actual ideal for you? Taking away any cognitive bias, any social media bias, what does your ideal life look like? And when you know what that is, get your pen and paper out and start writing down the things that you can do to get yourself to that life. Because it may very well be tiny little actions. You may actually not be too far away from it. Sometimes when I've done this experiment with clients and I've asked them to do that, they've actually turned around and said to me, you know what, I'm already living it. I've never actually thought about the answer to that question before, but now I'm thinking about it. I'm living it. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm living how I want to live. You can't bring in, oh, I'd love more money. I'd love to be able to just, you know, in a moment's notice, smash my iPhone to pieces and then buy another one. That's You've got to be realistic with this, you know. So what's your ideal? And what's your perception like of the world around you? What's your outlook like? Are you choosing to look at your glass as being half empty? Looking at all the things that you don't have, all the things you haven't achieved? Are you choosing to jump on the scales and go, oh, look what I didn't achieve this week? When in actual fact, your adherence has been really good and you've been a victim of water retention, scale fuckery. So your perception should be, no, I've had a nice week. I know I've done what I needed to do. The scales just aren't being kind to me this week. Keep my head down, carry on. Perception in every second of your life, in every second of your day, be it when it comes to transformation, be it when it comes to fat loss, when it comes to the things you have, where you spend your time, your job, perception is everything. Because not too long ago, I was in the rat race, constantly chasing the next promotion, the next step up, because I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. I felt like that's what life was all about. You get your job, you work your way up in the company, you may be fined and jump to another company and then you work your way up that company and you just keep going, keep on going up the ladder until you're the guy in charge or as close as you can get to it. Keep going from salary from 10 grand to 14 grand to 18 grand to 23 grand to 28 grand to 40 grand. Keep going up the ladder thinking that I'll be happier when I'm on that next salary, when I'm in that next job. Doesn't work that way. Recognize what your perception of your ideal is and focus on the opportunities that exist within that world rather than just the obstacles. And I promise you, instant happiness, instant happiness comes your way when you recognize that's the case. Of course, there is joy found in transformation. There is joy found in challenging yourself. There is joy found in taking on new tasks. But when it all boils down to it, the only thing that decides whether we are happy or not is our perception. 
Thanks for listening, folks. See you on episode 29.